Welcome to Nintendo Dads episode 275, recorded today, April 9th, 2020. On tonight's episode, yeah, it's it's quiet again. Apparently there is going to be E3, but not this year. See what I did? I teased you. Also, more information about Nintendo Lego and is the Nintendo Dads Levi's calendar going to happen? That's up to you. That and so much more. Jesse, cue the music. Hey, what's up, everybody? Episode 275 of Nintendo Dads coming at you right now. This is Marty Estes. It's good to be hanging out with you once again. It's April 9th, 2020. And yes, coronavirus is still out there. And that's why there's no news. It, uh, guys, it's a, I, I don't know, like, it's a barren wasteland of news. Now, I mean, there there are some stuff. There is some stuff. There are a couple things we can talk about, but really, uh, we feel like at this point, you're probably just here because of our shining personalities, right? I just like hanging out with you guys. That's why I'm I d- here. Yes. I just like hanging right. out with you guys. Guys, that's Justin Masson. All the way from Canada. How's it going, buddy? You know what? It was, man, it is beautiful here today. I went out. I've got my shorts on. I've got, like, my pink uh, golf shirt. We did some uh, picnic in the backyard today and living the dream. And tomorrow nice. it's supposed to snow. So that's cool. Welcome yeah, to Canada. It sounds like you're living where I live, uh, yeah. where, you know, for two days it was, like, in the 70s. Then last night it was like, hey, thunderstorm. And then today it was like, let's have a high of 55 why not? But you know, here's the thing. I've already transitioned to shorts. Yes. I don't care anymore. There you go. Just I've will it transition. in. Will it in. Yeah, speaking of uh, willing it in, uh, Jesse Waldack, how's it going, buddy? Good. I was hoping everyone would have a mask. We can all have do this. The, the I do have gag. one. It but, just pulls uh, on my ears. Right. So uh, I, still, oh. I just still decided to keep it. But this one has mooses on it. And for my wife, I uh. mentioned that uh, for proper social distancing, you must remain one moose apart from everyone else. Ah, one moose apart. Well, sure, looking in Canada, we actually just measure everyone's distance by hockey sticks now, eh? That's what I figured you guys were It's one full hockey stick away, and then you're fine. I Honestly, though, I did see the most, and I, you know, like, obviously my Canadianism here is sometimes a bit of a a caricature and a gag. Legitimately, though, I did did see the most Canadian thing. Sometimes has an Irish accent in there. Right? (laughs) I saw the most Canadian thing on Twitter this last week uh, because of, obviously, you know, like, if you go to a takeaway, right, they have to bring the food out to you. And the takeaway was a food truck, and it was actually a poutine truck. Right, so oh, delivering poutine, and how do they deliver it? Your man walked up with the poutine at the end of the hockey stick and handed it in to the guy's car That's off beautiful. of that. I was like, that is the most Canadian thing I have ever. Uh, I mean, the only thing that could have made it more Canadian is if you tipped him in tin bits. Right, exactly. And he rode in on a moose drinking beer with maple syrup mooses. There it and, is. So you you are you're complaining about your temperature differences. I think I can do better. Yesterday, it was almost 85. I woke up this morning and there was a freeze alert on on my phone. And it was like 40 degrees. And was it like freeze and you were like... No, it wasn't like that. Speaking of freeze, Tim Off 
all the way from uh, Michigan. How's it going? Doing pretty good. I've been, uh, I, I don't, I know it's not on our agenda today, so I'll bring it up now, but all I've been hearing today, which is pretty cool, and it's getting me more excited because my son's getting excited about it, is Ninjala. That cartoon that uh, uh, in Discord that everybody was sharing, or yeah. I think I shared it, or and it was on Twitter. It's it's been blowing up. So yeah. we watched that, and he's all excited. He's like, "I want it now! I want it now!" It's like, dude, you gotta wait till end of May. End of May, when everything else is coming out. Tim, yes. we Tim, we might we might get early access to that. Oh, there we go. Shh. I know the guy. Uh, your uncle, and and by know the guy, I have an email to a PR guy. Okay, cool. <laughs> and he responded. Oh. Oh, well, speaking of responses, we've got a bit of news to talk about tonight, uh, including responses to E3 being canceled this year and uh, somebody dropping the ball. And so let's dive right into the news, shall we? Do it. I think it's great. We should do that. I was waiting for the typical do it. Uh, of course, our news is brought to us each and every week by you guys over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for the month of April and May, you can become a patron of the show for free. Did I hear that right? What? That's crazy. Tell That's me more. Free, baby. I mean, for the next about 45 days, what you can do is you can go over there to that website. Patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads and tip it top on that keyboard and sign up for absolutely free. That means what's going to happen, baby, is nobody going to come in and plunder your pocketbook. We're going to give it all away, all the secrets in the behind thing. That's right. We Listen, seriously, here's the deal. <laughs> you can become a patron of the show for absolutely free. You can become a Patreon producer of the show for free. free. For free. Why are we doing this? Because life sucks and this nightmarish hellscape that we live in right now deserves a little bit of good. And that's what we're trying to be during this time. People are definitely taking advantage of it too. Which oh, is absolutely. Awesome. And I love it. 100%. It's fantastic. 100%. What I'm hoping happens is, is people get in there and they realize the quality community that you guys that have been patrons for a long time have helped to build. And it will be the groundwork for And we've got some new Patreon subscribers this week, haven't we there? We do. Do you have them? I don't. This is my segue to you. But as you're grabbing (laughs) that, I do want to say this. So the other thing that we have that we have said to people, because people continue to ask us, hey, I still want to support Nintendo. How do I do that? Uh, We're on Twitch. If you follow us on Twitch, that would be awesome. We're trying to grow that site. But the other nice part is if you actually subscribe, because if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime, which means you have like a monthly subscription you can give to any producer or content creator, literally does not cost you anything and goes into our little pockets on the side. Although interestingly enough, interestingly enough, Twitch takes half of it, but we get at least the other half. Uh, But what we have seen, I want to say this resoundingly. Thank you. Uh, we have seen so much more support on that and so much more growth on Twitch. And so, guys, thank you so much for that. That means huge to us. I know it seems like a small thing. Uh, another thing, like recently, we, we cracked 4,000 on YouTube. 4,000 subscribers to YouTube. Again, we are a small YouTube content creation team, but that is so huge to us. And that helps us every single time. So whether you're able to support us on, on um, 
on Twitch, whether you subscribe on Patreon and you're for free for a couple months and that's fine. Whether you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, subscribing, sharing, watching, man, that just helps us grow. We're so appreciative of that. And hopefully you enjoy our content. And that's, and another way that you can support us along with that, uh, those things that Justin mentioned is you can go over to nintendodads.org and we have our Redbubble store over there and you can purchase stickers or now there's brand new in the store. I, I think this yep. is the first time we've talked about this, right? Dad Crossing, yes. stickers, notebooks, journals, all yep. kinds of cool stuff over there. There's other stuff that's coming soon. And when you buy those things, not only do you get a really cool, high quality product, like, uh, hang on. Like this, that you can't see. <laughs> Put it in front of your face, Hang Marty. Hang on. Oh, yep, there it is. Look at there. Nintendo Dad sticker. You can get something like that over there, and we get a portion of that profit uh, from you buying that. There you go. You can get the uh, Nintendo Dad's Voltendo uh, Dad's design or the balloons uh, over there. There's shirts. There's all kinds of crazy stuff, phone covers, uh, pop sockets. You can do Hey, anyway, you buy stuff. We get money from that. I'm going to, I'm going to take a pause for a second here, Marty. I know, I know they're like, oh my gosh, they always talk about this stuff, blah, blah, blah. This is going to be, this is going to be a pop announcement to this panel because I haven't talked about it, but I've been thinking about it for a month now. Uh oh. That Vol, that Voltendo shirt, that logo, that's awesome, right? That was a community created t shirt, right? Community Mm -hmm. created. We had it was it was Michael Mike Bruce from our group Bruce Matt Mike Mike, Mike, Patterson. Mike Patterson thank you I was like well, Bruce isn't right Patterson created designed that we sold it it was the community T-shirt for 2018 we did not do one for 2019 so ladies and gentlemen right now I'm Here officially announcing we are starting the 2020 Nintendo Dads community T-shirt which means it's very simple. Between now and the end of May, we are going to let you create and design your own Nintendo Dads t-shirt. You need assets from us. You need avatars from us. Let us know. We'll send you all of that. You can design, create whatever t-shirt you want, or you want to build your own drawing, complete your own drawing, make your own. You can 100% do that. What we'll then do is bring those bring those in. We'll put it up to the community to vote. And the number one T-shirt or the number one vote becomes gets created into being our T-shirt, gets created to being the swag, and that individual gets the Nintendo Dads product, T-shirt, swag, all that sent out to them. And that will be the 2020 community shirt. Guys, you're sitting at home right now. Maybe you don't have a job. Maybe you're like, what am I going to do with all my free time? Design a T-shirt for us. You can win this contest. Um, and it is absolutely fantastic. So that is how. And, and let's just drop this little nugget on top of there. Uh, as you're asking for those assets, uh, understand that Tim is being added to the logo Yep. very soon. Yes. We have seen the designs. They're fantastic. Chose a perfect character. You, you'll just have to wait and see. It's great. Yes, so I'm excited. We, we will run the Nintendo Dads community t-shirt contest until the end of May. Um, reach out to us at nintendodads at gmail.com. If you need any of our assets, have any questions, and we will send you that so you can create and uh, submit your stuff. Yeah. And by the way, and, I just added the t-shirt contest 2020 channel to our discord. So, and it's for anybody who can access it. Boom. So we can start collecting information. Uh, making moves. Let's get into what's going on. Yeah, though, well, hang moves. on, hang on. Whoa. You know, you had me pull up these names. I did. So we want to say a huge thanks to Pat, Michael, and Nathan for becoming brand new patrons of the show. 
you can be just like them. Head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads for all the fun. And when you join up, you will get an email that will tell you how to have access to our Discord server and all kinds of other goodies from there. All right, so let's dive right to, into the news. I wanted to add another, uh, just as an example of what their contribution has been paying for, even though you know, we've been doing the next two things. This right here, Zoom, that we're using, being paid for by our people. So thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So uh, let's let's talk about this for just a minute, shall we, gentlemen? Yep. Uh, the ESA has announced two things this week. The first being that E3 2021 has dates. It will take place June 15th through June 17th, 2021, which is very close to the normal date that E3 takes place. But they also announced this week that they would not be running any kind of digital conference, which they originally promised when they canceled E3 2020. Boo. Your thoughts. Boo. I would have okay. liked yeah, to go see ahead, Jesse. at least something organized by the people who are used to organizing this thing. Apparently they just don't, maybe just don't know how to do a digital organization. So someone's going to be stepping up. I, I, well, there is there is some stepping up, and we could talk about that in a couple of moments, right? I think this is interesting. So is it – there's a couple things I wonder, right? Is it originally – because E3 said we're going to do digital. We're going to do digital, right? ESA said that. And then you know, about a month later, they're like, all right, let's do the digital. And so maybe they reach out to a couple of companies. All right, guys, so we're getting everyone together for this digital event. Cool, cool, cool. So for you to be part of this digital event, it's going to cost you – I don't know, let's say $3,000. And maybe, so let's, let's say our fictional company being Ubisoft, all right? Ubisoft. And so they say, hey, it's going to cost you about uh, $10,000. And Ubisoft goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, why? Why would we pay you for a digital event? Uh, well, sure, look at guys, it's going to be on our mainstream. No, no, I don't think we're going to do that. We're going to just do our own channel. See how Nintendo does that? We're just going to do that. And um, we don't need to pay you anything. And so, and so the ESA is like, uh, uh, okay, knock, knock, knock. Uh, Bethesda, uh, you're you're always you're always hanging out with us. You're always doing stuff. Uh, you want to be part of our show? Uh, Ubisoft backed out, but you want to be part of it? Uh, Fifteen thousand? And they're like, thousand? Mm, <laughs> no. I mean, hundred? Yeah. No, it, it just it just keeps increasing. They're like, mm, oh. no, we're not going to do that. So what could have happened was that they had a plan to like create an E3 digital event and all these companies went, no, we're going to do it on our own. We're going to do our own way. We don't really need your architecture, your infrastructure, right? Because the thing about E3 is the reason that's great that people, that companies contribute into it is because it's literally the physical footprint. Do you know what I mean? It's physically the building. The people are coming to them there. But now that you have the internet access, everyone has it. So it may have actually forced E3. In, and now again, I'm only speculating. I have not heard anything for sure, right? And the other part of it is that potentially now with, with the way the coronavirus is, stuff that maybe they were like, oh, we would push to announce in June. Well, guess what? Because of this, we're being delayed, right? We may have to push back some things. We can't do it. So we're going to have our special event. Maybe I'm Ubisoft again. Instead of having it in, in June when we normally would, we're actually just going to do it in August. 
because we don't have to be E3's timeline anymore. Um, so we're not going to contribute that way. So it may have got them actually into a spot where they can't actually support um, what they originally wanted to do. And so that's a, that's a possibility. Again, I have no insider information at all. I think the very interesting part of it is that they're saying, hey, no, we are coming back next year and we're going to be a re- we're reinventing ourselves. We're, and this was supposed to be E3's reinvention year. They were moving away from one of their primary um, designer production companies, I, or IM8 bit or something like that, and they were moving to a new one anyways. So I think this is very interesting to see what happens with E3. I think the fact that, again, we've talked about this before, the fact that everyone can kind of go, boy, I think we could do our own digital. I thought that IM8 bit was new for this year for their new thing, and they ended up failing. I think that yeah, I think that was yeah, that may have been it or something like that. But there was this kind of weird transition, right? So they're coming back next year to reinvent themselves. I think it's going to be a hard, hard time for them to reinvent themselves. Um, and I think if they were to have d- do that successfully, and again, I don't, and again, I'm not, I'm not kicking down, kicking down E3, but I think that it's going to be a challenge for them to come back. And I'll stop to, to follow along the lines of your speculation there, Justin. I, uh, I think that. Uh, there's a little bit of smoke there and maybe a little bit of fire. Yeah. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is what if they were offering these companies uh, the ability to come under an, like an E3 digital umbrella to recoup some of their losses from this year? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly and, it. I mean, yep. I, I can totally see that happening of like, holy crap, we just lost all this money. Oh, we'll just charge everybody 10,000 bucks to get the yeah. name and we'll call yeah. it E3 digital. And yeah. then, yeah. but it also makes me wonder, and you've alluded to this already, that there is someone who is stepping up to do this. And surprisingly, mm-hmm. or maybe not surprisingly, it's IGN. Yeah. IGN well, is stepping in and has already got one, two, three, four. At least four big developers on board yeah. with others being announced, UK, Square Enix, Sega, Devolver Digital, yeah. that will um, bring live and on-demand content to to IGN yeah. or through IGN in mm-hmm. June. Yeah. We don't know when that's actually going to happen. They're calling it the Summer of Gaming. Yeah, and this is, this is a little bit kind of like um, the kind of funny showcase right that the the team over kind of funny did i think it was last year they've done it several they've, years they've done it twice now essentially i think they did the first one um which is essentially providing a platform for smaller developers right and smaller because again we think of something like e3 when you like nintendo being there sega sony all those folks or xbox whatever everyone's there for them right but then there's these indies these smaller developers who who would really use that space to connect right and get in front of their audience who may lose some of that opportunity so content creators like kind of funny in the showcase that they've created is allowing for some of those smaller content creators to get on there in some ways it's kind of like the um, uh the the impact direct that our good friend barry dunn does right the idea of taking smaller indies smaller studios and giving them a more of a spotlight to shine on I'm really happy that IGN is doing this. It kind of feels like the kind of funny one, but stepped up a little bit higher with IGN's kind of budget production and then kind of their their huge Roth of and connections. But I think it's interesting. Um, you know, it'll be interesting as we get into May, near the end of May, is, you know, are we going to start seeing people like pop their heads up like, hey, Ubisoft is going to do uh, dir- uh, 
the Ubisoft Direct on June twelfth. Do you know what I mean? Like, are like are those things going to occur, or do we just like? It won't surprise me if other people other people will put out videos around the same time that of IGN's summer yep. of gaming. See, I was not just necessarily thinking, tied to it. I, yeah. See, I was thinking it's absolutely going to be tied to it yeah. because. That is going to not like you look at this. I mean, the difference in this and Impact Direct and kind of funny showcase is these aren't indie devs. Sega's not an indie dev. Square Enix is not an indie dev. I mean, Devolver Digital is probably the one of the largest. They may be publishing indie indie developed software. Well, I understand that, but but I also think that anything, any way that like you can kind of hitch your wagon to this this summer is going to be a huge signal boost. Because people are going to be looking for something since there's a void there in the place of E3. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it will not surprise me in the least if you see the big three run through IGN considering their relationship with them. Yeah, exa- you know, a, gr- a great example. I mean, you know, again, not shock. Like Bill Trennan was on uh, IGN a couple of, a couple of weeks ago and talked about Animal Crossing. Jesse, uh, sir, I will defer to you. I see you have a point. <laughs> Yeah, so the reason why I think that they may do something around the same time as IGNs, but not necessarily tied to it, very similar to what Microsoft has done the last few years with E3. They're not on the show floor. They're next door. They're, yeah. they're still running something alongside E3. They're just not yeah. at E3. Yeah, but but again, if but yeah, but if there's no E3 to right. run but alongside that's, that's it, the just equivalent. like yeah, no, I get that. But then like if there's nothing if there's nothing running alongside it, do you just be right. like? But so uh, IGN's just, running something, so yeah. these other yeah, companies yeah. could yeah. do digital content on their own at the same yeah. time. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm thinking. It'll be interesting, I just, right? I, I just think it kind of like again, this is this is a a best of or what if whatever. But I think it just it really I'm going to use a word here. People don't use much anymore. It behooves Ooh, pe- th- these you. companies to schedule these things in a way that they're not running over anyone else, right? Yeah. And bringing them all under one big umbrella helps do that. That's kind of what E3 is for. Yes, Xbox is not at E3, but they're in the grand scheme of E3 every yeah. year. They, yeah, they are still schedule door. their main pre- stage show around other people's stage show. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm talking about. I so, think IGN so they do, is going to be nice, but they're not competing. But when it comes to actually show floor space, they're not there. Yeah. yeah and the thing is, is these devs this year, especially big three, think of all the money they're going to save by not having to go to E3, by not having mm-hmm. to have a, a, of not having to build new donk city in yeah. E3, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not having to have some weird as crap, PlayStation thing where they take people in the four different sound sets. And yeah, I, I mean, look, the thing is, is that by this time uh, this year, people are just going to be like, just show me games, just yeah. show me games and give me news. I don't care where it's coming from. I, this is, I like, I think this is probably the best business move that IGN has done. in I can remember. Sure. Cause it's going to, not only is it going to signal boost these these companies, but it's going to signal boost IGN because they're going to yeah. look like right now they look like the guy on the white horse riding down yeah. the mountain, right? And, and IGN has always had a huge, huge footprint at stuff like E3 or at Gamescom, right? Like they are they're they understand their production and what they need to do, yeah, and they, they do that they, quite they, well. They, they set up their own mini studio. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. 
professional sounding when they do yeah. stuff on site. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think it's fantastic and it's very interesting. Um, so, yeah. So for, for coming speak from, uh, I guess you guys are talking for a business side, I guess, uh, what should do um, and what is going to happen in the case. And from my perspective as a fan, I think um, I don't care how it gets done. I just want to see happen and around the same three was happening. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah, it's going to ruin it for a lot of people. And I think that this is an opportunity for a lot of companies to, there's either going to have to be someone like IGN to lead the to kind of help with the organization of, yeah, you don't have to money, but at least tell us what you're you know, planning. We'll help you schedule and say, okay, here's when this person's doing theirs. Here's when theirs is doing that. Um, so I'll just end it at that since I'm glitching. So, No, I, I, I 100% agree with you. Well, and, that, and that's what I was meaning. Like, I think by the time we get to this point in June, people are just going to be like, just show me stuff. Yeah. Just, I need a distraction. I need mm. normal. And I love that they're providing that. And we really don't have any more Nintendo details fans about at it. The end of March were saying, and we're dying for a direct, and then they finally got one. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't the direct, know, the direct they wanted. <laughs> like I don't know who else is going to jump on this. I think it's smart of companies to jump on it right now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it's produced. Like I, I really expect it to be like E3. They're going to put out a schedule and they're going to run stuff all day long. IGN's going to do their normal setup where they you know, go from presser to presser and do in between talk and feedback and interviews. And they're going to supplement that with live in studio demos. What I want something to do is to change as well. Nintendo did it best when they brought it to Best Buy, but we need it on a grander scale. Burn out and someone to lead it either on these people, on these companies, councils like Nintendo not just show their games, but show those third-party games that are coming to my console. Mm-hmm. Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, go to Best Buys, set up three different areas, have a mini E3, if you will, at each of these Best Buys across the country so the yeah. fans have a place to go and be able to share it. Or have it e- even easier to where the demos that you go play on the show floor, you can download yeah. immediately. Timed, timed demos. Yeah. Like you can play it this week and then it deletes itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I wonder, you know, I I like that idea, Tim, right? Like the Best Buy kind of kiosks, right? And I think that's a great idea, but I kind of think of the, the, like the current climate we're in. Do you know what I mean? Like that's not going to, like if, if things stay the way they are currently, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. But I, but I, I, and I, I've advocated for it and I've said it before and I absolutely love your idea, Tim, of like, let's do a demo. Right. And so, so may not be able to demo all the games that they're going to offer. Right. But I, but I know a couple of years ago, I think it was our first E3 that we get it guys. It was like, here are 10 indie games that are coming out in the next six months and there are demos of them. And then if you download them and try them, I think you're like a 10% off discount or whatever it was. Right. Like I, I love that idea. And of course, yeah, you like, you know, whatever your main, you know, Oh, it's breath of the wild Two. Yeah. No, you're probably not going to get that, but you're going to get a lot of other ones where you get the hands-on experience. And we're seeing a lot of the companies, uh, developers put out demos now. Like it's a very, you know, you look at Bravely Default too, right? That just came out. Um, move, um, moving up, moved up, uh, moving, moving out. out. Ugh, there you go. Uh, I've been playing Vigor, right? Closed beta today. 
right? Mm-hmm. Great examples of like, we can get into it, get access and eventually it all just kind of disappears. So uh, right. I'd love to see that. Yeah, that's uh, it's, and we see it too when the new titles that are announced are coming out. It, um, when Trios talks about it, but they're coming out either in the end of June or July or even August that they have on the show floor. Some of those demos, um, if they loosen up a little bit, but I know they also are looking out for you know those uh, data miners too. So yeah, that's fortunate part of it. But sure. you know who knows if there's something they could do that would block that. But definitely it needs to change. And maybe this is not the year that happens, but because of the how quickly things had to change, and I think that's where it goes back to E3 and why they couldn't do it. It might have been a lot bigger than they thought, you know, and just originally, yeah, we'll make it digital and everybody just sends us their files and we'll do some sort of putting it there. And then they didn't know that it's a bigger project than that. And mm-hmm. a couple months is not enough time to plan for it. Mm-hmm. So they probably were like, okay, IGN, go ahead and take it. Maybe there is a collaboration between the two to say, okay, you go ahead and do a summer of gaming while we take a break and figure the, the stuff out. Yeah. Agreed. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about something completely different. This week, uh, we got our first look at more information for the Lego Super Mario collaboration that Lego is doing with Nintendo. Now, whether you're on the fence about this or not, whether side of the fence you fall on, I love that they're finally not connect sets anymore. And like Lego, the, the granddaddy is finally getting their crack at a Nintendo property. This week, uh, pre-orders opened up and immediately, immediately sold out. Um, even on the Lego site right now, they are claiming that you can't pre-order it. They'll let you know when it's going to come back. Um, and they also released um, pricing details and release date for the base set, as well as two expansion sets that are coming out. So let's break these down and talk about this uh, really quick. August 1st, the base set will release. Uh, it is going to be $59.99. It's going to come with Mario uh, which is the electronic component inside Mario, as well as the bricks. Uh, it's going to have some bricks for you to put together a course, uh, as well as the Bowser Jr. and Goomba enemies. Uh, so 60 bucks for the starter set. Uh, I went on Lego's website and looked, and this falls just under uh, 285 pieces. So it's a very skimpy set uh, piece-wise, for the price, which I really, let's be honest here, you're paying for the electronic Mario in this set, right? Yes. Uh, and then from there, they announced two expansion sets that would be available either at launch or near launch. Piranha Plant Slide expansion set will be $29.99 with Piranha Plants. Uh, you do have to have the base set to play with the expansion sets. You, so, you're already in 60 bucks, so now that's 80. And then Bowser's Castle uh, expansion set will be 99.99, and it comes with Bowser and I think another enemy, maybe Dry Bones or something like that. Uh, but it's pretty substantial. It's pretty huge, and all of these fit together. You can build them, rearrange them, do whatever. So if you're all in on Lego Mario. Uh, Day one, if all of these are available, which I think they are, you're looking 200 bucks after tax. That's fair, right? Or more, depending on where you're at. 
Yeah, depending on where you are. If like you're Justin, it's going to be five hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was, that, that's that site or, or that uh, setup in Canada is a little bit more. I was like, geez, now sure. Joe in the chat yeah. says Bowser Castle does come with a dry bones. Okay, so dry bones. Uh, again, these are very stylized. You guys hopefully have seen these by now. Yeah. Um, I don't know, guys. Are y'all buying in at, at sixty bucks? Is is this a number one? Are you buying in? Number two, uh, do you think this is a good price for this? Or are we getting the traditional? It's Nintendo, so it's expensive. I so I I'm not I'm not going to buy any of it. Um, I don't think it's my. It's not targeted at me, which is okay, right? Right, a hundred percent fine. Um, and I think it's just a little bit outside of my kids' kind of range for the Lego that they play with, right? I've got a nine and eleven year old. They're not super into that. So probably not. Although like if they had just like a standalone Bowser, maybe I'd think about it just for myself. Um, but I'm not paying a hundred bucks for a castle and that thing that I think would happen. Um, do I think it's expensive? Well, I, I, I don't think it is. I think there's a Nintendo tax, but I don't think it's a high Nintendo tax. We have to remember the amount of electronics and information that's actually in the thing, right? There is the screens, there is the QR readers. There's a bunch of those little bits and bobs that, that those things cost, right? Those I things think, cost more. I think than it's just, all Bluetooth connected. So. Yeah. But that still costs more than just plastic bricks. Right. Do you know what I mean? So there is that. Well, the other thing, yeah, I, this is more technology than the RF chips you see in an Amiibo. And, right. and I yeah. think you remember here, Justin, too, is this, and I'm, I've failed to mention this. There's also the Lego tags. Those Legos are not cheap toys. Yeah. You know, Joe Hansen actually in our group said that Legos are expensive too. For a Lego set, he thinks it's pretty standard. Standard pricing for less pieces than normal. Yes. But but the pieces are bigger than normal Lego, too. The pieces are bigger, and there's the electronic component. Also announced with this, which we did not know about uh, when this was first. In terms of plastic, it's probably comparable. About, <laughs> right. We, we didn't know about this when it was first teased, either, that there is an, a, a free Lego Super Mario app that mm -hmm. will allow you to add play value to the toys. Yeah. Um, and that will like those features will be announced later on, but it looks like that it syncs up with Lego Super Mario. Yeah. I wonder if that's how like you set the, the timer. Probably, probably the other the other part I'd say as well is that if you pre-order, I think like the base starter set, you also get a Monty Mole Super Mushroom set for fourteen ninety nine, but it's free with the pre-order. So you're kind of getting a little bit of extra value in there as well. And well, that's Joe, if all the scalpers don't buy up the pre-orders. Yeah, exactly. Joe Hansen, thanks for thanks for bringing that to our attention yeah. as well. Too I remember I'd seen earlier in that. Yeah, I really believe they'll have more of the at least the base set available. I can't see them doing like going all in on this like they are and it not being available. Probably way more of the base set than anything else is what we'll see. What about you guys, Jesse, Tim? You, is this on your radar? Do you what do you think about if it? If I had kids who were into Lego, maybe. But my kids were never were in Lego, but especially not that they're eighteen and twenty. <laughs> yeah, my this kids comes out. They'll be twenty-one. She'll be drinking. <laughs> my kids are into build it and leave it. So. I mean, oh, my youngest, and even my 
that might not be for long. So it would be just uh, build, play with it first time, and then it'll sit on a shelf. Yeah, it makes me wonder, um, like the Labo effect, right? Labo's really cool when you build it, and it's cool like the first couple of times you play with it. But then what happens when the new wears off? Yeah. So it's, you know, like what, what happens when Lego Mario has been sitting on the dinner table for five days and mom is just like, oh my gosh, I need to serve dinner without Lego Mario being in my way. You know, what do you do? Well, I mean, the argument can be made about the Amiibo as well, right? Kind of sure, same premise, yeah. right? Not as expensive, but uh, yeah. You know, this this may have been a, a great way to use Amiibo um, mm-hmm. in with this, but I think stuff like this just, and the fact that we've had only Smash Amiibo announced up to a point this year, Amiibo's dead, y'all. Like yeah. Animal Crossing was the was the chance that Amiibo has to had to come back, and it's not there. So I, I don't know. Anyway, so there it is. August 1st, Lego Super Mario will be out. Uh, hit us up on Twitter or in the comments of the video here. Tell us whether you're buying this or not. Uh, are your kids excited? Uh, my son really wants this. Uh, but again, he just turned 13 today. Um, and then he, he has some developmental delays. So he's he still, he still likes to play with toys and stuff. But I don't know that we're going to buy this for him because what's going to happen is it's going to be like Labo. Uh, it's going to sit in a box in our closet after a while. Uh, it's a great idea. I probably will buy the base set for myself <laughs> just because I want the Mario uh, and I want to play with it. But I, I, don't, I definitely am not spending a hundred dollars for Bowser's castle. I, yeah. Now, if Nintendo wants to send us a Bowser's castle, or any of this stuff, I will gladly accept and play with it and make videos. And <laughs> sure, I'll do it all. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, also in the news this week, uh, in television, Amico, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and some people uh, had very strong opinions about what Jesse had to say about Amico uh, being a competitor with Nintendo and other things. Really, people are just Zablanc. Um, John, you know, you know what you said and you know what you did. Uh, Jesse's feelings were hurt. That's okay. Look at him. He's smiling. He's okay. He's, Jesse he's doesn't have feelings. He's not a real person. <laughs> uh, but uh, we do want to announce this. The, the, the VIP model pre-order results, uh, resulted in over 10,000, uh, additional pre-orders in less than a week on top of the 2,600 that they had from the founder's edition. Retailers also, for some reason, have ordered a hundred thousand of these, uh, and they um, and he's had to put a freeze on retail pre-orders. Yeah, that's why because we're, he's not sure if he can meet that demand at the, by October. Yeah, so no more retailer pre-orders. Uh, but you, can you still pre-order this individually over on their website? That I don't know. I. I heard at one point that the Friday or tomorrow was going to be the cutoff for this round of pre-orders. I don't know if that meant last Friday or this Friday. 
but and this this ten thousand figure was like Monday when it was reported or this weekend. So it's been probably much more than that by now. Yeah, but you know, people were you know originally saying that you know, you're probably not going to get more than five thousand orders, and well, he's already got at least thirteen thousand. Well, it is an ambitious project for sure. Uh, time will tell if it pays off. Unlike the Atari VCS, which is still vaporware. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about that one. There you go. Uh, well, I, like, I'm liking the Amico. I think it has potential there. So I'm hoping that uh, it has family potential, I think. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think it definitely has um, family and young kid potential uh, with that. Speaking of something we're also afraid of, let's talk about those Nintendo vouchers. Go ahead. So, guys, I want to throw around something that uh, Jesse has been talking about a lot lately, and Tim has too. If you remember last year, Nintendo... Uh, offered vouchers that you could buy uh, through um, the eShop. They were announced and available in mid-May, uh, and they sold uh, in North America until the end of June. Games that were released July. before... Hmm? They were sold available until the end of July. Oh, until the end of July. Okay. Yeah, if I have uh, the notes, then that's my bad. Sorry about that. Uh, so games that were released before May 2019 could be purchased with that. Uh, to date, there's been 26 in total, uh, with the most recent being March 29th, Yoshi's Crafted World, and then games released between June and December 2019, uh, starting with Mario Maker 2 and ending with Pokemon Sword and Shield, 11 games in total. So far in 2020, there have been four games that you could use vouchers on which would uh, are Tokyo Mirage Sessions, F.E. Sharp, Encore, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Animal Crossing, and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Now, here's the problem with this. Number one, some people still have vouchers. Number two, said vouchers are set to expire very soon. And three, we don't know anything Nintendo is releasing past May 29th. And up until then, it's even a bit thin. So the question is, seeing the time, seeing what's going on, lots of stuff behind the scenes, should Nintendo extend the expiration date of these vouchers? And if so, why? I, I, that was my initial argument when uh, thinking... You know, when I saw what the schedule was for the last half of 2019, you know, saw you know we get 11 games between uh, June and the end of the year. Assuming that that rate of release would continue into the next year, that's why I, I ponied up for a third set. So I bought about six vouchers in total, and. I've used. I know I've used three of them. The the eShop says I only have two left, so I'm not sure what happened to the fourth one. <laughs> but uh, so, right, right. This, at this point, 
there's nothing that I plan on getting because you know we don't know what's coming out in June or July. If we did, then sure I can make a decision. But at this point, we don't know anything, and I'm starting to worry. Mm. Yeah, I think with the coronavirus, uh, uh, a lot of things have been you know pushed because of that on their side of things. So I think the least they could do for the customer is to also extend that voucher uh, a month or two uh, to help, especially if they had games that were supposed to be coming out but were delayed because of coronavirus to give a chance for those customers to do it. And also, too, the other thing I was going to say to Jesse was, um, I don't know if you've tried this yet, but you can u- view your purchase history on the Nintendo site. Yeah, that's and, well, I track my information. And um, okay. everything I've looked for that it, I, I know was like a review code or it's the three that I know I, I redeemed a voucher for. So I still don't know what that fourth one was. Gotcha. Okay. And in case anybody else wants to know that uh, that URL, I can post in our Discord yeah. um, and share there. But it's uh, just ec.nintendo.com slash my slash pound slash transactions. Um, that's how you can get that information to find out what you purchased. Yeah, so. I think at this point, it's a it's a good PR move. And it's just a good faith action for Nintendo to push this back, right? And allow people a little bit more time, uh, especially since we have no clue what's coming down the line. Yeah, um, but it also kind of feels like to me that Nintendo at this point might say, well, you guys knew. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a little bit of the argument that I kind of want to make here. Do you know what I mean? Which is... You made a decision to purchase vouchers for games that may or may not come out in 365 days that had an expiration point on it, right? Now, now you didn't know what was coming up. There were some things you did know, but there were things you didn't know. And so you it was kind of like you risked, you risked it for the biscuit. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? North America region kind of is the only one that has this impact because it has the July deadline. You couldn't Did no one else have an expiration date? No. In, in Europe, mm. you can still buy them. In Japan, you can still buy them. Okay. If we could still buy them today, I wouldn't have bought them in advance and waited until I knew I had two games. Right. So, like, because like here, of the deadline and with right. the expectation of more games coming out, that's why I bought the third set. Here's my double-edged sword. I do believe it shouldn't have an expiration date. Mm-hmm. I believe that should just be removed. Okay. Right? Uh, what, what, what I mean by expiration date is they still expire a year after you buy them, but Correct. you can still buy them. Where right, which means you're just you're just kind of pushing that you're just kind of pushing forward, right? Right. I I believe I believe they shouldn't have an expiration date, but I also believe like if you bought like six or eight of them, it was like oh well, Nintendo's had a banger of a year. I'm going to use them. There's no guarantees. You don't really know what Nintendo's going to do, so you may have been holding it or may not have been using it. And just because they didn't come out with games in the last three months that you're super into that you were going to purchase, and you're left with holding a voucher in your hand that's going to expire. Um, not to be rude, that's kind of the thing that you did, and I get why you did it because you got a deal. And so, just so you're just so you're all like, "Hey, pot calling the kettle black." I bought vouchers, but I knew exactly the two games I was going to use. Do you know what I mean? Like, I right. knew there was for like for sure, for sure. Um, but you're speaking from the business sense, and that makes sense. Obviously, 100%. it makes sense. But again, as a customer point of view, 
I am a customer. I'm not trying to go with the whole the customer is always right, but I am the customer, and the customer experience is is that with what I wanted to do here, it's not the same like Jesse put out in there saying in Japan and Europe, they ha- they can buy vouchers whenever they still expire, but we had a deadline to buy what we wanted and pre- kind of prepare. You're making total sense, but the, still, I'm a customer who bought six vouchers. I expect to be able to use those vouchers based on Nintendo's history of what they brought out before. And with everything getting delayed, it only makes sense to me as a customer to say, Nintendo, you may have had something we don't know come out, but now I have no chance to use my vouchers for those things that would have come out. So, so I, I it, extend. Let's the go, son. Let's debate this. Let's go. Um, <laughs> because here's the thing that I would say to you is what's been delayed? We don't know that. That's exactly it. You don't know. You assume there was a delay. Do you know what I mean? But there may I assume there's a delay because why N- Nintendo only has one game out, one mm-hmm. major game out, mm-hmm. and that was Animal Crossing. Right. Where's the other stuff? I don't know. But like, oh, but like, but there was, they but there was know no internally there was, things were delayed. They just haven't he, told us. Here's, here's the thing. And, and Tim, so I, I am literally playing devil's advocate. I don't I think you that are. you're wrong in what you're saying. So if you're like, I don't think I you are you so, either. I understand. Like, I hate you so much. But here's my argument: If Nintendo had said between July, between now and or July first, twenty nineteen, and July thirty first, twenty twenty, here are all the games <laughs> that we're putting out, and was like very clear, and you were like, I want that, I want that, I want that, and I want that, then you would have been like, boom, 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 totally makes sense, right? Totally, hundred percent makes sense. You do that, but the challenge is. They only showed that you only knew like, well, actually, even at that point, there were things that we didn't know. Do you know what I mean? So you kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to get two tickets or four tickets or whatever that is. And then like fingers crossed Metroid shows up or fingers crossed the the game I've been wanting for shows up and doesn't show up. Right. And then you're kind of like stuck. And and to your point, like you're now getting to point you're like, I, I don't even know what I would use it for. Now, here's what I do agree with, Tim is I 100% agree they should not have an expiration date. I believe what they should have said is like, if you want to purchase them, you, like it's a special Nintendo online promotion. We're going to do it from middle of June to end of July. Purchase as many as you want. There's no expiration, except there has to eventually be an expiration, right? Probably like, you know, put it in some crazy like 2099 or whatever it is, like something that totally doesn't make sense. But you can use them at any point. I think that's what they should have done. They should completely remove the expiration date. And then and then to your point, then you're fine, right? If well, there's a delay. Why not just take them and if they don't if they want to put expiration date and say the customer doesn't use it, it's already tied to their ID. It's already tied to everything that you've yeah. created. Nintendo's there. already got the money, whether they're used or not. Mm-hmm. Transfer that fifty dollars from the voucher for your program if it's not used by that time. Then the fifty dollars ends up in your eShop account. Yeah, I, I would be, be okay I, with that. I, I doubt they would ever. Do how that. many vouchers do you have, Jesse, laying around? The I think I should have three. eShop tells me I have two. So I, I bought Mario Maker Two, uh, Link's Awakening, Dragon Quest Eleven with a voucher. The fourth one I'm not sure about because you know Builders Two. I we got a review code. Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I got a review code. Uh, those are like the, the biggest, the bigger games that I've bought. 
Because the problem See, is that's where at they... the website that Tim said, there's no distinction between redeemed by a voucher or redeemed by a code. They look the same. Yeah, you'd have to just you'd have to go by memory. But that's the other thing too that sucks for us, Jesse, that we get redeem we get codes. So something we probably would have used the voucher for, we ended up not having to use the voucher for. So one of the examples right. for mine, I bought four vouchers. One of them I was going to use them for was free houses. Hmm. Yeah. But we got the review code from the UK. So uh I didn't have to use it for that. Um yeah. but look I in turn was able to use it for Pokemon, which I wasn't originally attending, intending to get with yeah. the voucher. So um, oh. I used up my last voucher. Maybe with, Pokemon uh, is the fourth one because I did. I don't. Mm. And it was I forgot that I used it for Dragon Quest. Yeah. So yeah. all right, that are, there's the fourth one. Okay. I, I, I here's the thing: is I do like the voucher idea because the vouchers were exclusive to Nintendo Online members, right? Yep. Nintendo. Yes. I like I like that program. I like the idea of it. And I and yeah. I understand like why it'd be like, and I don't think there's anything wrong with a hey, you need to buy you, you we're gonna offer this to you, and it's a limited offer. So for like the next six weeks, the eight weeks, and you purchase how many vouchers you want. I have no problem with that. And I have no problem that it's a Nintendo Switch online exclusive, right? Whatever you want to call it, right? But the challenge I do, I do agree with, and this is and this is from a both a business perspective and from a just customer perspective is there shouldn't be an expiration date, right? It should be, it's your luck at you, you bought them. You're just waiting to redeem them when you're ready to redeem them. So, yeah, the, I mean, that's an easy way to solve this, right? Go back to everybody who's bought a voucher and just remove the expiration date, just yeah. like they have for everywhere else in the world. And then, I mean, they've already got the money. Just let it sit there. Yeah. yeah. Christmas Tim, how many vouchers says, are you sitting on? Uh, I had four. I'm done. I got oh, the last done. one I okay. used was for uh, um, the last Animal game Crossing? that came out. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Chris in the chat says the vouchers seem like Nintendo's trying to take your money ahead of time, but why would you buy the voucher not knowing if you were getting games you actually wanted? Well, mainly because if 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 you use them for sixty dollars games, you ultimately get twenty dollars off overall. Yeah, like so, like yeah, for you, I agree. It was it is a gamble. You might yeah. get you might be stuck with fifty dollars games and not make any any bargain, but at least you're not paying more. It's 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 like selling turnips in Animal Crossing. <laughs> I, I bought for I bought for hundred and ten, and I'm selling for sixty. And hey, guys, oh, on a you, side note too, got, I didn't really? do that. I got I got a better deal. Tim, what's up? On a side note, when I was looking at our uh, your Nintendo account, you know, digging in where you can put in your credit card information, this purchase transactions history, I've, I'd never noticed this before, but you can actually review your wish list there as well. Mm. Like everything you picked, you can actually go through and you can click on them and see more details on the things you put on your wish list, or you can actually delete them off your wish list from that one list. Hmm. So I've... I've never seen that before there. So I that's thought that's cool. pretty cool yeah. place to go online in your so Chrome. Chris, I use... Chris asks again, when I, were you saving money buying games with vouchers? And yes, because two vouchers is $100. If I buy two $60 games, you save 20 bucks. Yeah. So essentially in like Jesse's case, he bought six games and actually got like a seventh one for free because he got six vouchers. So, right. yeah. And Mecca says... I don't think they expected people to buy more than two. If that was true, they should have just limited it to two. They had, I think the limit was eight. You can hold eight on your account. So they yeah. wanted people to buy them. Yeah. 
And uh, Ubisoft asks, they're not transferable? Correct, they are not. Yeah. If if not, I would have been happy to try and get one from you could transfer it to me and I'd, I'd pay you. Oh, yeah, and I, 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 I give... Kids, I bought, one or whatever, right? I bought Animal Crossing for my daughter. If I could yeah. transfer them, I would have given her a voucher. Yeah, would have been great, eh? Uh, speaking of the eShop and some awesome things, there's an incredible eShop sale going on right now, both in North America and the EU. They're doing like the spring sale. It probably showed up on your switch as well very rarely does nintendo actually do discounts on their first party games uh, and they do have some discounts in there i believe including stuff i think breath of the wild is 30 percent off i believe astral chain is I have to check the eShop. maybe somebody could quote me on that right now i'll check do a quick check on that but i know because i was thinking that tim yeah, when you right were now. like when you were like the wish lists i use the wish list for games that i'm interested in but i'm like I, a, I don't want to pick that up right now, but I'm, in, I'm putting, putting it on my wish list. And then when it comes up for sale, I usually get an email notification that's on the, sale. The website still says 60, so that might be a EU okay. only sale. The, okay, uh, maybe the EU. The, the history now. also shows if it's on sale, so which I thought was pretty yeah. cool. It does show it slashed off and you know the sale price if it's in the I'm sale, gonna, I'm gonna which I haven't, that. which I noticed a lot were on there that I have not received an email for saying mm. that these games are on on sale. So I don't know yeah. if they highlight certain ones. I've got two on my wish list. Okay, so I am on the Nintendo... I'm on the EU site right now. And so, like, Breath of the Wild is 30% off. Astral Chain is 30% off. The Witcher is 30% off. Uh, Marion Rabbids Kingdom Battle is 75% off. 75%. That's, that is an absolute steal at that it's yep. here for it's here too on sale. Yep. Uh, what else am I seeing here? Crash Bandicoot trilogy, Spyro, Rain Man, uh, Harry Potter Lego Collection, Hellblade, uh, the uh, Assassin's Creed, the Rebel Collection. Uh, yeah. So some big some big sales. Check out your local eShop. If you haven't checked out your local eShop, maybe check out some of the international ones. Of course, you'll have to figure out currencies in that area and how you do that. But uh, I still have a. I still have an Irish bank account, so it still works for my EU account. Um, so I can buy games that way. If I need nice. To. Um, what else was I going to say? There's something I had there. I oh, forgot. Look, now. it's in the U.S. side. I see Sega Spring Sale. So oh, Sega's the Sega sale, sale is great right now. Yeah, the, a whole just pretty much every Atlas game is on sale. So the like, Sega um, collection, Q, the Sega Q. Genesis collection, is on a, at a great discount right now. Yeah. There's like, WB Game Spring Sale, Ubisoft Egg Static Sale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody <laughs> wants you to buy games right now because you got nothing to do. They well, need yeah, money. What else are you gonna do? Yeah. At a game you reviewed, uh, Justin Sparklight. Is yes. That a sale. It's a good game. It's a great game, actually. Awesome. I uh, I really enjoyed that one. They've done some good patches on that too, actually. By the way, that's really helped it out. Well, guys, why don't we move into our event section and have Tim talk to us about something coming up very very soon. Do it, Tim. Sweet. <laughs> I'm excited to share this, that upcoming, uh, got the upcoming dinner table reservations have been set for April 17th at 11 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, I have several guests, especially those who have taken advantage of being on Patreon for the first time, uh, RSVP'd for their seats. Uh, but there's still room, even even if we have a bunch of people in there. I want to try that out. I want to see what it's going to be like. The most we've had on there, I think, was six, uh, the first or second show. And uh, we're paying for. I want Zoom. to be able we to try that out. Zoom struggle. 
Yes, I want to try it out. So don't be afraid if you if you know you're afraid of having more than four seats in there. Uh, I don't I don't want to be afraid. I want to try it out because I want it to be like the Google Meet of your, <laughs> you know, back when we used to do those for Nintendo Dads. I want all all of the Nintendo Dads uh, peeps to come in and share what we talk about, and I'll adjust the topics as as needed for that to get everybody to be able to talk about what they want to talk about. But hopefully, when everybody's on board, we'll be talking about this main dish, which I'll share with everybody in Discord uh, on the uh, that channel, the dinner table channel, so that they could prepare whoever's going to join. But the main dish I want to talk about on the show on the 17th is, what would the perfect gaming store look like to you? So uh, I know a lot of people have been talking about GameStop. You know, they're they're the bad guy right now in a lot of cases especially in some choices they made during this time uh, for us. Uh, but that made me wonder, what would be the perfect game store? What would have to be done in order for either GameStop to become the perfect game store? You know, what is Reggie and the new board and the new CEO or when they elect that person? What do they have to do to get GameStop to get your business again? Or is it time for someone to step in and make this perfect gaming store? That's what we'll talk about. And then we've also got a, a topic courtesy of our Kern, which will be part of our dessert. Uh, our Kern's on our Twitter. Uh, he'll be joining us also. But his topic was, what's your favorite Mode 7 moments in uh, Super Nintendo? So that's something we'll be talking about there. And speaking of that, since it's Mode 7 and the SNES, we're actually going to bring back Retro Rewind, which I know a lot of people have been looking for. But instead of being its own show, it will be part of Dinner Table because it's once a month. It'll be part of the dessert portion of the Dinner Table. And we'll talk about what game we've been playing, which in this case, we're going to pick up where we left off a couple of years ago, which was Castlevania, Super Castlevania for the Super Nintendo. And I know there's a Mode 7 thing in there that a lot of people have talked yeah. about. Which that is absolutely, absolutely my, my favorite Mode 7. That moment. would be my answer, I think. <laughs> and those games are available on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, you can get it on the Switch right. in the collection, in the Castlevania right. collection, or you can get play it on the uh, Classic, the Super Nintendo Classic. Can you get it on the online, the Super the Switch it, online? Castlevania is not on the online. Oh, it's not on no. the okay. You have to buy yeah, the I Castlevania love... collection. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll, and what. What we do with Retro Rewind is we, we announce it, and it'll be announced more. We'll talk about it more there at that show. But next month in May, we'll talk about what everybody's been playing. The community will be playing it with us, and we'll talk about it in the next in the May's dinner table. Yeah. So you've got that going on there. Plus, we actually have the May May or sorry, the monthly mayhem as well with uh, yes. with the lads over there. So there's lots of ways that you can plug into this community and find what games you want to be playing or what don't want to be playing and how you want to engage on that content as well. Yeah. Well, guys, let's talk about what we've been playing. Do it. Uh, actually, sorry, go ahead. What? Just go ahead. Yeah, put, play the music. I'll come back to it. Uh, one of the questions that came up in our in our Discord, our Discord, I apologize, our Twitch chat here. Uh, have you guys heard about this whole situation with the Cooking Mama game? Oh yeah, I've been right? trying to follow along and I'm confused. Yeah, so for those people who are listening that um, that don't know what we're talking about, Cooking Mama Cook Star 
uh, was scheduled to come out for Nintendo Switch uh, the same day as Animal Crossing, which was March 20th. Uh, the game arrived. It was physical only. Uh, it was actually offered digitally for a few hours, and then it was pulled completely off online stores, and now it looks like it is very hard to find physically. Uh, basically, what people discovered when they got the game was that it was mining Bitcoin for well, the uh, developers. Well, I don't think it was actually doing. I don't think it was actually doing that. I think that ended up being debunked in the end. Oh, really? Yeah, that was that was what they thought was occurring. The but speculation sounds- was that it was mining Bitcoin well, for the developer. What what I heard is uh, someone involved in the company who doesn't really know technology much, but is you know part of marketing, uh, heard all these uh, fancy terms and threw it in there to make them sound smart. Yeah, bitchain like, or blockchain. Like blockchain and. Why would blockchain be in this game? It makes no sense. Right. It's really not. But the, but it still doesn't negate but, the fact that this game is extremely hard to find right now. Right. I didn't explain why it's pulled. I don't know if that's ever been mm-hmm. figured out. It's So the reason that it's been pulled from what we're understanding, and, and so I did some quick kind of looking into it, and I do want to, I do want to take a quick pause here. Uh, the most recent – I'm directing you somewhere else. I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to anyways – the most recent uh, episode of NBC, the one they recorded, I think, actually yesterday or, or today, goes into this, like, for the first 25 minutes, they break I down the entire their, thing. I haven't heard their show yet. I listened it was, it to it while sitting in line at a drive through today. But nonetheless, um, essentially, it sounds like the reason it was pulled was actually there was a disagreement between the publisher and the developer in relation to the IP and the quality of the game. Uh, um, was sounds oh, like the yeah, reason. Now, th- this. No, and then it's caught in this idea of, oh, there's a blockchain, it's overheating my, my systems, and and it got pulled, and then it got put back, and there's physical copies. So um, it's it sounds like just a complete fiasco. One party of a wanted mess. more time to polish it up. The other party says no. Do this yeah. now. And- yeah. So it, it sounds like it's a bit of a fiasco mess. But if you want, like seriously, listen to NBC. They spend about 20 minutes talking about it. And if it, 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 this sounds like it is ripe for a Netflix special uh, documentary, because it sounds like a hot mess. Uh, IGN has some documents on their website as well. I know it's kind of been the, again, it's slow news week, folks. It's been a very interesting thing to kind of watch from afar. Uh, but Cooking check Mama it out. Kings. Well. Yeah, exactly. Next Netflix documentary. Yeah, uh, Mecca <laughs> King here says, uh, from what I hear, it's a huge lawsuit going uh, going on with the game, apparently. It's correct. Um, it's also yeah. overheating because of the en- the Unreal Engine. Um, so I don't know how true that is either. Like, I think that's, you know. Is how hard game is it to make game? a Cooking Mama game? I find have you played a Cooking Mama game? I I don't know. I find it funny that this is the game that's like wrecking the internet is Cooking Mama. There is a uh, there's currently an auction on eBay for this game, Uh, and a sealed copy of it is going for forty thousand dollars. Yeah, does that which is ridiculous, ridiculous. or does it actually have bids? I don't think it has bids. Okay, that's that's. Two different things. That's one of those shoot for the stars and hope it happens thing, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So obviously none of us are playing Cookie Mama, but Justin, what are you playing? Uh, Animal Crossing. Uh, I continue to play that, and it continues to suck me into its little world. Um, I'm loving it. I'm having a lot of fun. For those of you that are curious as to because I've been gone for a bit, what? Uh, how far into it I ha- am I? As a like, and I, and I don't know if they're. 
I don't know if I sh- you you put down quotations of like spoiler alert regarding uh, Animal Crossing, but um, the rec center, the tent, has now built been built in the town hall. So I feel good about my life. Um, uh, but from what I've heard so far, I think anything that happens before credit roll, I'd say yeah. is yeah. The so that's so that's, anything that's kind after of after credit roll. Hold on to that. Yeah, so that's where I am currently. I'm um, I'm having more people join my island. That's exciting. I very much hate Egg Day or whatever the heck they're calling it. This thing, I want that to go away soon as possible. Bunny Day because it is it is just <laughs> the worst thing ever. Um, um, but I'm got I'm three enjoying days it. Left. Uh, if you visit my island, my our flag is the picture of me shirtless doing that kind of like pose. Uh, so thank you very much to the, uh, to the guys who put that together. I appreciate that. Uh, so I could keep talking about Animal Crossing, but I won't. The other game I'm playing is Vigor, V-I-G-O-R. And this is a closed beta for the Nintendo Switch. This game is already uh, on the Xbox. It is a free-to-play um, game. And this is described as a shoot-and-loot game where you build uh, the shelter in post-war Norway. And it is, um, it's got like a battle pass element to it and there's leveling up and it's super kind of intense. Uh, and there is kind of like, like, just like Fortnite, you know, the, the purple fog comes in or the storm comes in, there's a radiation wave that comes in and you have to kind of, you basically strategically either have to decide to get loot on the island and that loot comes back to your shelter and helps you build your resource and build, build better outfits and better weapons and gear and what you need or it's kind of like i'm going to play aggressive and i'm going to try and kill other people on the island and and if i kill someone i can steal their loot as well so that kind of makes you think like when you go back to the island to do this thing whatever gear you bring in like i've oh i've made a sweet gun i've loaded up if i die they will loot it and they will take that from me so that gear is gone so you have to kind of start from scratch again the other really interesting part about it is that when you're going into the actual world you have kind of three Three categories. You have currency. They call it crown. And you can use the crown. You can buy like actual like in-game skins and upgrades and that kind of stuff. Or you can actually use it before you enter a match. And essentially it says, I'm going I want better loot and I want better crate drops. And essentially you can actually like pitch your money towards that and it will increase. And then the other part is you can buy insurance. <laughs> right? And so what you essentially do is that if I have gone out and I've looted a bunch of stuff and I have my my gear bag is kind of all the way full, but before I get back to either the tent or before I leave the game, I get killed. I get to save. I get to keep all that loot. But if I don't have insurance and I get killed, all that loot's gone. So it's kind of this interesting risk and reward. And there's different elements of, you know, do you play a game where you are trying to be very sneaky, very quiet? You're just trying to get gear and then leave to build your stuff and to come back later? Or do you play an aggressive, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to get the loot drops. I'm going to really play aggressively. I'm going to try and kill people, try and loot them. Um, and there's only about eight to 12 players per round. Uh, rounds last about 10 minutes, give or take. Um, very, it's survival. It's, it's at the edge. Like a lot of the time, like uh, it's a great, um, you know, plug a little bit here. It's great for a game where you have like good headphones, like the Steel Series ones, because you hear everything. But then, like, you're running. So, for example, there's this time when you're running to go get, you know, you're running away, you're trying to get to location, but, like, your person has stamina, and then they're tired, right? But then, like, you hear them, they're like, <sighs> but, they're, but they're breathing so loud that you can't hear someone else come up. Do you know what I mean? 
So there's some really good sound engineering and sound work that's done um, to make you try and figure out where people are. Um, it's really cool so far. Again, it is a free-to-play shoot-and-loot game. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch later this year. They don't have an official date for it that they've said publicly, but it is currently in a closed beta for one week. And we will have a Let's Play up on our YouTube channel uh, tomorrow where you can watch me play it for about 45 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of interesting, actually. Awesome. Tim, what about you? What you been playing? Uh, I've been all over the board since I've been home, with, uh, especially with my, my kids and my son, who's needed somebody to play with, essentially. So, um, But when starting off with when I've been on my own, I have played more of that Dead or School. Uh, and I, it's the story of that game's been growing on me. So uh, I want to be playing. I kind of put that on hold for the moment, though, because I want to get into that a little bit more after I finish the Shin Sakai game uh, into the depth. I've been playing more of that, uh, about oh, more than four hours of that one. And just um, that that story and the visuals in that game are just blowing my mind. And I highly recommend that game, especially if you're a Metroidvania fan or Castle Royds fan, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so, uh, but after that, those are the games I play by myself. But it's been a lot of you know playing games with the family and my 12 year old son or soon to be 12 year old son. Uh, we've been playing Minecraft, um, having a lot of fun with that, and seeing my daughter just blowing up, blowing my mind with that. What she's been building in that she's been watching a lot of videos of people building things fancy in there and um she'll come and show it off and like here look what i built and she's got these massive like glass domes or whatever that she um built with you know biodome inside of it and all that fun stuff so it's really fun to watch you know her building that uh, my son and i my son and i have been playing a lot of Fortnite, um but more in creative mode because we can go in there and just kind of have fun on our own without worrying about surviving, if you will. Uh, we've been playing more of the uh, games that people build in there. And today, I probably played the most frustrating game that somebody built in there, uh, which was Survive 100 Levels, uh, kind of like platforming levels with the Fortnite characters. Oh, wow. Uh, and what can go wrong? That doesn't sound fun at all. It was... It, there were some fun moments and then there was other frustrating moments uh, because of just having the time, the platforming with the jumps and the slides and all the you know things you can build in Fortnite. Like <laughs> so, do 100 levels of Mario Sunshine without flood. <laughs> right. But we did it. We got through it and it, it, the, kid, the kid was as happy as could be that we got through it. And he was like, let's go do something else. And I was like, I'm done after doing a hundred levels of Fortnite <laughs> creative. I'm done. I'm ready to move on a little something more relaxing, which we did. And that's been animal crossing just like everybody else. And I'm, I'm holding up my switch cause I wanted to look at how many hours it says I've been playing. And that game came out, what the 20th within the last couple. Yeah. The 20. 20th. So, so yeah, it'll, it should, it'll show the hours. So I, I know I'm not the guru playing, you know, every day for 12 hours a day, but <laughs> when he started out but or even like our own dad crossing uh podcast um but for me i've been playing since the game came out 30 hours or it says 30 hours or more because of because of my family especially with them getting it this week uh we've been going in each other's islands 
um, helping each other out because I had well, it for. If they're logging in under their own accounts, it wouldn't count toward your time. No, I know. No, okay. I'm. But it's counting. It's counting for me because I'm playing with them and they're coming to my okay, island right. or I'm going to their island. Right. Yeah, they have their yeah. own switches and their sense. own islands. So uh, we've been having a lot of fun with that. One caveat that I've noticed that uh, has been frustrating is that if you lose connection for whatever reason between someone visiting your island, um, any progress that you made, and this happened to me today where I was building things to – uh, put on three properties I was preparing for new people to come in. Uh, I had built, I had crafted and built the furniture and all that stuff that I needed for those properties. Uh, and then my son got disconnected and got booted out. And because of that, Animal Switch, a- Animal Crossing um, just rebooted, if you will, back to original, back to a state where it was, where it last saved, I guess. So all that progress I, where I was building and crafting all this stuff, I lost all that and just had to, it was just tedious work where I had to go back and redo all that work. I didn't lose anything as far as I know, but, uh, it was just more of having to go back, pick up all the wood that I chopped and, uh, all the other things that I was, uh, mining to get to craft and then go back to the tent and recraft all that stuff and then go back to those plots to put the stuff I built in. I, that was interesting. So that was the only frustration I had with this game, but the rest of it was, you know, obviously animal crossing is awesome. So <laughs> I, I, I have understood now the addiction with this game. Yeah. Like I understand why people put in, 100 200 300 hours i get it um and there's something just so soothing um i am so happy that i bought this digitally yes same here. um because i'd be popping that cart like and it's you know it's funny like i look at my home screen and it's like fortnite animal crossing figure <laughs> do you know what i mean like it's like such a contrary <laughs> like like after vigor i was like i i feel like i need to go chop some trees and I need to go fishing and I need to go talk to Mabel about maybe making me a suit like just kind of like super chill my kids are loving it as well like yeah to your yeah. point Tim like it's such a like they're, they're saying to me they're like can we can we do party mode together and can we go resourcing together oh dad you got that how do we get that like right. they're really engaged in that idea of like building the town together now I've got more, yeah. I'm a little bit further ahead in some of those things. So I'm like, oh yeah, I built this bridge. And they're like, oh yeah, let's do this now. And oh, do you got a ladder? Can I have a ladder from you? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. Here you go. Yeah. You're right. you're the guide, right? You've been helping because you had a yep. little bit more experience with it. That's the same here because yeah. I've had it for a couple of weeks longer than they did. Uh, and they've been coming to me for questions, especially my youngest who's, and I've mentioned this before, he's got ADHD. And I've noticed that he would, it would help him if he had the guide but that guide is delayed, unfortunately, and mm. can't buy the guide. So uh, just to help him along with, you know, seeing what the progressions he needs to do. Because he's the type of kid who's just like, just, I want to keep going. I want to keep going. So he's passing all the context or all the text that yeah. we keep telling him he has to read. Then <laughs> yeah. we keep telling him, no, you have to do X, Y, and Z. You have to talk to Nook or do this. My son had the yeah. same problem when he was a kid, but it wasn't, it was partly, you know, he had minor ADHD as well, but the other part is he just didn't want to read. 
It was, right. I, I remember. <laughs> and so it, it prevented them from playing many games, which yes. is why like Persona 5 is the first RPG finished outside of a Pokemon game at 18. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. That's what I've been playing. What you been playing? Yeah, um, yeah. A few days ago, I decided uh, I was working on my arcade machine. I, I got o- OBS running, got some uh, uh, framework in place, and I decided to re- do. I played about an hour or so of miscellaneous arcade games and part of the and st- streamed it on my personal channel. There was uh, some. Yeah, I, I had fun. I probably had one of the best Mr. Do runs I've ever had. <laughs> so, there was some glitches. I don't know if that was because it, it was of OBS running at the same time and playing a game, or I think I might have been connected with a remote, a remote desktop at the same time, and that adds, added pre- CPU. So I, I might give it another try again to see how it goes. But you know, it's it was you know just fun being able to... I want to get like a webcam set up to actually webcam my face and put it in the OBS as well. So that's, I'm still kind of playing with that. Uh, in addition to this, I so last week I talked about Dragon Quest Two. I finished it, rolled credits, and then started Dragon Quest Three. And so, so uh, I've got maybe six or seven hours into it so far, and haven't needed to use a walkthrough at all. But I remember. When I tried playing the game on the Game Boy Color like ten years ago, I was using it needed to walk through really early and uh, I got confused. So I, I logged into my Game Boy Color game to see where I was, and I'm was at the same place that I was at in the Switch playthrough where I didn't need to walk through, and so I'm like, okay, I've already gotten past this is this is the last Dragon Quest game that I've played and I've never finished. So wanting to finish that, finish that one, that which would then leave the only Dragon Quest game un, unfinished was ten because that was never released here. Okay, and last game. This is a game that came out in Japan today. It's not yet available outside of Japan. In Japan, uh, Pixel Cross Adventures, which is a, a sequel to other pixel puzzle games, has been Pixel as P I C Z L E. Uh, they've had several other games in the franchise and it's kind of tells this long-running story from game to game. In fact, this one starts out with, you know, previously in in the Pixel Pixel Cross universe and kind of summarize what happened in the last two or three games. But uh, this is basically, you know, you run around in the world map finding these... Uh, pix- pixelated black and white objects that you go and ter- solve the puzzle and it ter- to fix them again. And there's a story plot of why that's happening. I'll le- not leave that al- alone for now. But it looks like there's about 300 puzzles. The game cost me a thousand yen, which is just under ten bucks. So definitely a lot of content for for what for the money. So far, you. I assumed the game would have just detected my English settings from the operating system, but no, it still put me into, into Japanese mode, and I had to find the language. It does have English support, but I had to, I had to find it in the menus. And 
even when it is turned into English, it, it, it's not a proper localization. There is definite, it's like Google translated text, I think. But so I, I think that's the reason why it's not out anywhere yet, else yet, because it needs a proper localization. Have the other versions come out for the, for the U.S. or in English? With other versions of or the US eShop, you said it was a continuing story, so I'm oh, yeah. assuming there's Previ- other previous Pixel Cross games. Okay, Pixel Universe games are in English. That's how I've played them. This is the first one I've right. played. You know, well, I meant uh, I actually meant did it get released North America wise? Yeah, yeah okay. they were they were the other games are on the North American eShop. Okay, so gotcha. this one this one will be coming. It's just. Did Still you do work. videos on these before, or any of them? I don't. Any reviews or talking about it? I de- definitely talked about them. You know, in previous. I mean, shows. separate videos. Over, I know you over, talked about it here, but I don't think do I made any. Pre- I don't okay. think I made any previous YouTube videos. But will you be I, making I, one I, for this one? I did. I, I did an hour stream, so that's on YouTube oh, okay. now. Before we gotcha. recorded. Okay. And uh, the, the game also has some technical issues. It, it soft talked to me twice. And, okay. Uh, so hopefully they can patch that in, and and there's an XP level system, which is kind of weird for what this game is. So it's basically locking off certain puzzles until you are a certain level, which means mm. if you if you come across one, like one of them, you're forced to come across, because you know you do the first two or three puzzles, the professor gets guys in the way, so you can't get to the last one. So the next puzzle you have access to is you must be level two. And you can't do it yet. So then he moves so you can go into his lab to solve the puzzle in there. Then you level to two, and then you can do the other to do that one. But uh, it's so far, I've it starts you off with five by fives, most of them are ten by tens. I've done a few 15 by 15s already. So uh, then there is a story path that the game wants you to do, you don't have to do it right away. There are plenty of puzzles to choose from if you wander the map and explore a bit. There are certain paths that will be locked off until you get to a certain point in the story. So I don't know if it's kind of Metroidvania-ish, which mm. is weird for a Picross game. <laughs> but Picross games have been getting weird lately. But That's so cool. far, I'm having fun. Mm. That's good. Uh so that's all for you. I've been playing Final Fantasy VII, the original, not the remake, on the Switch. Uh, made it to the Junin area. Um, and probably will stop there and play remake instead and then come back to this once I've finished remake. Um, like the majority of us, too, I've been playing Animal Crossing. Um, I finished planting all of the original fruits this week. And I built a campsite, so that means that uh, I'm going to roll credits here soon once I get all that complete and get that taken care of. Uh, and then I've also been just finding myself drawn back to One Finger Death Punch 2. Uh, it's just a really fun, simple turn-my-brain-off-and-play game, and that's been good to have uh, during this time. So that's what I've been playing. Let's turn on nice. the community spotlight. Do it.
it's only one question from the community this week. I love this question, though. Uh, and we'll go around the horn here real quick, 30 seconds each on this. Um, as seen on Nintendo Voice Chat last week, show and tell one item in your podcasting area that you would like to share and talk about with the community. See, I wish I would have saw this before we recorded so I can think about it. There's a, also a question there from Mecha Dragon in the email as well. Uh, I have one very quickly. Um, this is my studio has some stuff in it, not uh, my main room because my other room. I will I will show this. Oh, I can't see that. This is a mini uh, uh, Mario versus Rabbids figure. Um, the reason that this and you're like, well, it seems pretty pointless. I got this when I went to EGX the very first time, and this was the same year that uh, this game was released, and they had this massive Donkey Kong, the White Gorilla. I gotta have a picture with it, like the kind of they used an E3 as well, where they're like holding you. And I had my picture taken with it, and I was like running towards the Nintendo booth, but then I saw this thing and I, like stopped and like slid in my tracks, and then I like ran back because and because we were uh, pressed, nobody was there yet, and I was like can I have my photo taken with that thing? And the lady's like, sure. And I was like, cool. Here you go. Here's my phone. I was like, ah, photo taken. And I like, I ran out, um, but it was really cool. Awesome. Tim, I saw you up grabbing something. What do you got? Uh, I know not our listeners can see this, but this is an ocarina that I got from my oldest for Christmas. Uh, And I love it. It's, you know, blue, dark blue and a gold. It actually works. I can't play a darn thing on it, but it actually works. <laughs> but nice. I, I love it. Awesome. Um, I'm just going to put up some pictures on my Twitter because my um, podcast room is also my office and I work from. And y'all, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine shelves of Legos in here. No, no. Um, 11, 12 shelves of Legos, uh, so a shelf of Transformers, and three shelves worth of Amiibo and Nintendo memorabilia. I'll just put that on there. But what I'm most proud about in my podcast studio right now is the rare and elusive and sanitizer. <laughs> and sanitizer. Nice. Yes. This is my buddy. Oh, I didn't even see this. I should have shown this. There it is. Ooh. Love that cover plate. If you're if you're not watching the stream, Tim's showing off uh, cover plates for the new 3DS uh, KK slider face mm-hmm. plates. Yes. Um, but no, um, I guess right here at my desk that's accessible right now, I have these coasters that I have on my desk that are old Nintendo carts. Those are cool. So I've got, you know, like Metroid. Hey, yo. Super I got Mario one. 2, hey, Mario, Mario three, Donkey nice. Kong. Yeah, I love these guys. They're yep. great. Justin and our Twinkies. I know, right? I got, I got three. I have, I have this one or Super Mario two, Mario three, and I have uh, Metroid. Got like, yeah, my set yeah. came with eight. Uh, I got you all on Amazon. I got y'all beat because I showed this before, but. Oh, oh, look at that. Look at the 2016 that. is when I had got this. So, yeah. Wow. Jesse, <laughs> that's, uh, by the way, you, for those who can't see, that's the uh, autographed Nintendo Dad's uh, picture that they sent me when I became a Patreon. 
Yeah, I'm looking around. I've got a lot of like old GBAs and Game Boy and 3DS carts lying around my desk, but uh, this one kind of jumped out at me to show. It's uh, a Ho-Oh model that I got when uh, Heart Gold Soul Silver was was released on the DS. Yes, I think I think think that's when I got it. That's cool. I don't. I don't really have anything really cool around here that isn't stuck all, hanging on a wall and that I could grab. So, we um, when, when I'm working, you know, we we use uh, we've been using Teams and Web and uh, WebEx for our meetings. So, I'm my work computer is on a different wall than than my work podcasting computer, but still in, uh, still in the same chair. I'm just swiveled 90 degrees so with the the laptop camera was looking at my network rack here so someone saw that and asked about it They're like what is that blue thing I'm like oh that's my network rack which you know is my house has like 54 ethernet ports so i i'm wired than most small businesses in this house <laughs> <laughs> Can you come over and do mine? <laughs> uh, I didn't do it. My brother-in-law did. I, oh, I, okay. I bought bought the hardware, and he and his crew installed nice. it. Nice. Yep. Awesome. That'd be cool. To... Well, uh, if you want to see the pictures of my office, you can follow me on Twitter if you don't already uh, at Marty Estes. Uh, it'll be my quarantine project in the next couple of days. I uh, probably won't post it tomorrow because I'm trying to not come to my office tomorrow since it's my day off. I spend a lot of time here right now. And so I am not going to come to this office tomorrow if I don't have to. Uh, Over on our email, Mecha Dragon 101 sent us this question. We're going to round out the show with this one. It says, uh, I hope you aren't getting tired of my podcast question emails yet. My question for you guys this week is, do any of you guys still collect video games? Or did you used to before? Do you have any good advice for collecting video games and storing them in your room or anywhere? I hope the question makes sense. I'm looking forward to checking out the podcast tonight. Uh, I know Zach at one time, uh, when he was still a regular on the show, had a, like a bin of Game Boy games and mm. systems. But yep. uh, I don't know anything else. I don't personally collect video games. Any of you guys have a collection? I I don't um I I want to but I don't want to. So I'm afraid of like going down that rabbit hole. Do you know what I mean? I saw a friend recently he's like, "Oh, I got a I got, you know, busted the old Game Boy." And I was like, "Man, I wish I had my old Game Boy." And then I was like, "Man, if I did that, then I would get X, you know, like start listing off all the games." And then I'm like, "No, I need to not do that. Like I need to <laughs> I've got all those games somewhere else something like I'm just no. Uh, no, I don't. I don't collect any games um, or, or game. Yeah, no. For a while, I was like collecting in television carts and stuff. Uh, never got. I know there are people out there who want to, are trying to collect a full, full collection. You know, either just just a loose cart or full in box. You know, most mm. of mine is just loose cart. I probably have thirty or forty carts. And, yeah. You know, in there's the mess behind me, but uh, yeah, you know, PS3 and Wii era, there there was no digital purchasing yet. So yeah, I have we had a bookcase full of 
cart of cases with discs that may or may not be in the right box. Yeah. And that was always a pain to rearrange and fix. But uh, pretty much ever since Wii U and 3DS era, I've been 99% digital and really not caring to collect anymore. As opposed to like, collecting uh, con- like game cartridges, I'm more interested in like, picking up ones that are meaningful to me, but are like inbox sealed with instruction manuals. Do you know what I mean? Like if I could find an, an old like 1994 Donkey Kong Country still in the box from the Super Nintendo, all of that, like that's what I want to pick up. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to like, oh, pick up Contra 12, like two. And you're like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to pick up the ones like uh, that have significant meaning to me or that I believe are like, like, you know, if you could find an inbox Chrono Trigger or sorry, Chrono Cross, like, right, man. Uh, or or Link's Awakening, not Link's Awakening, Link to the Past, like some of that stuff of like, Stadium just events? like, sorry? Stadium events? Yeah, like some like some of that stuff is just, I think, you know, if you can find it, that'd be awesome. So. Yeah, I've yeah, got just, a Game Boy and a Game Boy Advance Micro mm-hmm. that are on my shelf. Like, I don't play them. They're there for decoration mainly, I guess, because I wanted those. I've always loved the original Game Boy and I never had the Game Boy Micro up until like a year or so ago. So I just, it's something I wanted. Tim. Yeah. I'm along those lines too, where I've kind of gotten away where I know I don't have the space or the money to go full blown collect collector. But uh, like you were saying, Justin, I will, I will buy if I know I like the game or I've, played it in the past i will buy the collector's version of the game mm-hmm. especially physical mm-hmm. and have that like i and some i take a chance on obviously like you know the bloodstained you know box set and all that kind of yeah. stuff with the fancy box and all that um i'm happy i got those i know it's not the greatest game in the world but it, i'm happy i got it because i'm a fan the um another one i have is the axiom verge i can't find it at the moment mm-hmm. the axiom verge box set that came out for the switch mm-hmm. i had that uh I had the one for the Vita before that, um, before I sold all that stuff off. But originally, I was going to keep the Vita. And I actually regret selling that, but I had to sell it off to get the Switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but there's some things that I've learned from all those experiences because from collecting, then selling it off to when I had a family, and then coming back to it. Uh, the games and the systems that I like the most, like 3ds or the ds family through the 3ds i went back and collected a lot of games like chrono trigger you know like mm-hmm. i showed before i went and bought that again because i had it and i love it um and just those games that i really like i want to have they're all stored properly you know taking the batteries out of the systems if nobody's playing them putting them away um in fact i had the uh new 3ds one with the fl- face plate put away until my daughter because that was hers so she wanted it back because <laughs> mm-hmm. she'd been because the she'd been bored and she wanted to play some of those old games again so uh and then i bought you know the 3ds because to me this is like uh my the metroid one this is my yeah. go-to for going back to all the previous games i could get on here even some yeah. of the virtual console stuff that i can go back to that so yeah i think uh, i think I've, 
Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like the more, like, like in some ways, the question is like the more and more, like we have, like things are so much going digitally, right? Back when we were yeah. growing up, digital wasn't a choice. You had cartridges, right? Had to be, right? But then, like now, you think of the the more and more options that are just pure digital. Like right. you don't, you know, you know, if you're a collector, right? That's if you're uh, that's your jam, right? So if you think like like fast forward 25 years, and someone's like, man, I'm trying to do the Switch collection, and you're like, right. Ugh. so right. like is Fortnite digital or is it physical? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Overwatch. Well, there was no Overwatch. It was only code, right? Like, so that's I, the hairy part, right? Whereas mm-hmm. we got all these, even with some of these physical editions, you still have to download something mm-hmm. to make it even playable in some cases. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like they the, sold a box and never, yeah. no card exists. That's the frustrating part yeah. because one of the things I learned from the Vita is I realized I should have bought a lot of those physical games so that I could go back and play them so that when they shut down the shop, I could go back and play those games. Yeah. And some of the things that I've learned over here with the digital with Nintendo is if you had the physical version, you could go back and play it. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. more and more, even if you have the physical edition, there's patches, upgrades and all that stuff that make it more playable that you don't get if you don't if you don't if it's not fixed on the card itself yeah like what is it uh i think it's uh borderlands they they made the statement that the borderlands collection is 35 gig download after you after you get the cartridge yeah right uh yeah it's something ridiculous um outer wilds or outer worlds apparently one game six and a half two download or something i think it actually is jesse i actually think that is exactly what it is yeah um, yeah, Outer Worlds is what I liked about originally them going to bring it on the physical. They were going to put it all in that one card. So, but there's still a patch. Yeah, but there's still that patch. Yeah, still so selling six like, and a half gigs. I always worry about these are these games that I want to play. It's awesome to have it digitally. Animal Crossing, like we said, we have mm-hmm. it digitally. But when it comes time later on, when it's much older and you want to go back to it, are you going to be able to? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but that that's where my mindset is. And that's why I've kind of gotten away from collecting. It's like, it's fun to look at it in the box. But then I guess as I get older, I'm trying to figure out, does it make sense? Data right. will find a way to archive yeah. that. Absolutely. <laughs> well, guys, that is episode 275 of Nintendo Dads. We want to thank you for hanging out with us tonight. And as we close out the show, we always want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers that's Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Cotronio, as well as the rest of you who have jumped into the Patreon producer role uh, during this time where everything's free. That's right. Right now, free. you can head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads and jump into a trial, a demo, if you will, uh, of the Nintendo Dads Patreon services for absolutely free. And you can leave at the end with no obligation as well. You can also head over to the website, nintendodads.org, see all of our videos, tweets, podcast episodes, social media, link to our Patreon, as well as the Nintendo Dads merch page. And that's how you can support us during that time or during this time as well. Uh, Type us in on your favorite social media of choice. Just type in Nintendo Dads and we will pop up. Also, you can email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or send us a voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS. That's 929-256-3237. And we want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music that we've used throughout the show. And you know what would be swell? What would be great? Just great, don't you know? Go over there, 
to your favorite podcast app of choice. Leave us a five-star review and a written review. We've got some brand new written reviews over the last few weeks. Your words help other people find us. And so not only word of mouth helps, but writing those reviews pushes us up the charts so people can find out more about all the good things happening over here at Nintendo Dads. So for me, for Tim, for Justin and Jesse, this has been episode 275. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Nintendo Dads. We sound like the goddamn Nintendo Dads all of a sudden.